Hey there, and welcome to the Catching Up with Casey show, where we talk about anything and everything that has to do with building cohesive, vision-driven teams. I am Casey Watts, school impact strategist and the host of this show. Now, if you are here, then you inevitably are an instructional leader who wants to make change happen, even when change seems impossible. And you can do that if you have cohesive, vision-driven teams that have done clarity work. They know exactly where they're headed and how they're going to get there. These teams have done identity work and they've built their self and social awareness skills. And they have done collaboration work and they know how to move beyond faux collaboration to get to true collaboration where change happens and where people get on board. I'm so excited to bring to you conversations that help you to do exactly that. The work that needs to be done to build cohesive, vision-driven teams. Now, with all of that said, let's dive into today's conversation. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to episode 62 of the Catching Up with Casey show. I am joined with Bethany Reese tonight, and tonight, and I'm excited to have her on the show. I'm hoping that we have leaders of all kinds join us tonight. Hey, Bethany, how's it going? Oh, fabulous. Man, I loved your intro. I got so excited. I'm like, I can't believe that we get to talk about this because I love what you're doing. It's such important work. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I am super excited to be able to just have conversations all the time about building cohesive vision-driven teams, which is mm-hmm. funny because tonight our episode is all about how to get buy-in for your vision. And I am pumped to hear you talk about it. But first, why don't you tell us who you are, where you're from, what you have going on in your world of business and leadership? Awesome. Absolutely. Well, my name is Bethany. I'm from Central Arkansas, but I have to give a shout out to Houston because for the last 15 years, that's where I lived. I spent the majority of my career in education and then where I've raised my kids. So my kids say they're Texans and I'm like, oh, can we can we transition to Arkansan? But uh, love it. Uh, I've had amazing, amazing time and experience in education. But like all of you, I'm not just an educator. I I play many roles, right? I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I am an educator at heart. And now I've transitioned to being an entrepreneur. Never saw that one coming. Um, But, you know, my aspirations, my calling really is it never really mattered where I served. I have literally taught every single grade level, kindergarten through 12th grade. Like, I cannot believe that I get to say that. Every single grade level. Yes. Um, I taught gifted and talented. So I've also taught every single subject because we did some uh, self-contained classes. So uh, I've served the whole span of K-12. I've served as teacher. I was an instructional coach. And then I ended my educational career as a high school administrator. And I opened up a school building. And that's something you'll ever want to do once in your life ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's kind of me. Uh, kind of the education world. And I ended in uh, 2021. And what happened is, well, the pandemic, and it really had nothing to do with the pandemic. It's the pandemic came to a head in education, right? We all felt it. And I got so sick and tired of seeing how stressed out 
everybody was in education. And I was like, where is the leadership? Like, where is the clarity? Where is the vision? Where is the cohesiveness? Where is our fearless leader helping us through all of this chaos? Because education is the hub of society. It's where the kids mm-hmm. and the families interact. It's where the organizations interact. It's where the government comes in and meddles, right? And so it really is the hub. And I'm like, where is the leadership? So I really felt God calling me out. It had nothing to do with the pandemic. It was more of a help other leaders organize the chaos. And that's kind of my specialty is I help organize the chaos. I help teach and coach and encourage leaders to get out of the sand elements of life, which I'll explain a little bit later, to build their life and leadership on the essential rocks. Thus, leadership on the rocks is my thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it so much. Actually, one of the things that I notice about your um, your website, and I know it's part of your podcast too, is you you say this specifically, I help transform managers of status quo to essential leaders of impact. And I think that is such a powerful value statement and it stands out on your website. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you feel like it means to be an essential leader of impact? Absolutely. Um, you know, before I talk about the essential leader of impact, I got to talk about what it's not, because what it's not is what most of us deal with. <laughs> yeah. So let me identify almost everybody's situation out there is we work for managers of the status quo. These are the people that just keep things as they are. And it's like, it's the way it's always been. This is what I'm used to. You know these phrases, right? You're saying them in your head and you can picture all the people that have told you these things and they allow the chaos to just continue. They don't have the hard conversations. They don't step up as Brene Brown would say, soft front, strong back, wild heart. Like they don't step into those things. And that is who is running a lot of our organizations. And as an administrator, man, I got to... (laughs) You can't unsee some things. And sadly, Mm -hmm. there's a lack of leadership in our families. And we see it again in education with the the behaviors and interactions with our children. And so that's a manager of status quo. Well, essential leader of impact, they are all about growth mindset, learning the lesson like we're going to get better. We're going to be better today than we were yesterday. We're going to be better tomorrow than we were today. Like this is where we're headed. That's where we're going. Let's go. And they're willing to step up and have those hard conversations in order to make progress. So essential leaders of impact are all about adding value and they're passionate about it. So that's what I want leaders to be. I don't want them to be managers of status quo. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I I mean, I'm taking notes as you're as you're talking I love the statement, uh, manager of status quo versus essential leader and thinking about an essential leading leader being someone who wants to add value. But it also sounds Mm -hmm. like as you were talking that they have to, even if it doesn't naturally come to them to like galvanize people around an idea or around movement, you still have to utilize that skill set, right, of just galvanizing people toward movement forward. Um, Would you say that that's something that you notice? Yes. Uh, You know, and it's not necessarily a personality. I know a lot of people think about the charismatic leader. Oh, they're so likable. But Uh I've seen a lot of likable people be terrible leaders. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so much more than that. It is having a strong conviction. So let me give you just a story that, uh, you know, that we can all kind of feel like an analogy or an extended metaphor for my English teachers out there. Um, you know, imagine going to the beach. I'm sure most people listening or watching this have gone to the beach and it's beautiful, right? You get, you sit on the sand, your kids build sandcastles, you go out into the ocean, the waves are fun to play in. 
until a storm comes. And on the beach, storms can whip up really fast, right? When that happens, there is currents, man, coming at you, those undertoes pulling you out, sand blowing everywhere. And you know what happens when sand gets in those places, right? We have chafing. (laughs) Lots of chafing. (laughs) And that is kind of like our workplace today, right? We are building our organizations and our families and our lives. We're building sandcastle lives that are really a victim to all of these circumstances. They go whichever the way the wind or the current is blowing them. And essential leaders say, that's not what we do. I care Mm -hmm. too much to allow chaos to control your life. So we're going to go up. We're going to build our life and our leadership on the rocks because we're going to be able to withstand all the storms. It doesn't mean storms won't still come. They will, but they help people understand what is a sand element in life and what is a rock element in life and in work. Mm -hmm. And they build life and leadership on the rocks and not the sand. Yeah, that's extremely powerful. And I love analogies. I will go ahead and tell you, (laughs) I'm not great with analogies. Like I don't produce them very well. And so I'm always writing down the analogies that people share and trying to use them later. Unfortunately, sometimes I botch them, but I'm n- I'm going to try not to botch that one because it is so good, but it it's needed. It's necessary to have those visuals of what it looks like to be an essential leader, because that's something that you can anchor to, right? Like yeah. I, sometimes it can be hard to anchor to the words and the definitions of what a leader is, but to have that visual allows you to have mm-hmm something a little more tangible to anchor to. Yes. So our episode tonight is all about like gaining buy-in for vision. So tell us a little bit about what you feel um, vision does for becoming that kind of passionate leader. Oh man. Vision is everything. And I, I do puzzles. I don't know if anybody out there does puzzles, but can you imagine trying to do a puzzle without the picture on the box? Like that would be impossible. I don't yeah. know what I'm what I'm doing with all of these crazy pieces. And so, you know, education is like those crazy pieces. We need the picture on the puzzle box to say, this is what we're building. This is the future we're going for. And mm-hmm. this is the hope of the future. If we accomplish what we set out to accomplish, this is what it's going to look like. And it's so easy. Like, again, I can't stop smiling whenever I'm talking about vision because it gets you excited about, yeah, that's what we're here to do. That's where we're going. And uh, the Bible even says, you know, where there is no vision, people perish. People mm-hmm. perish without vision. And so we got to see it. And I think one thing with leaders is you got to see it before you see it. And that's oh, yeah. between the, the manager of status quo and the essential leader. The essential leader sees it. Oh, yeah, that's I'm coming. That's where we're going. And the manager of status quo can't see it. You have to see it before you see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then let's talk about this because I find that this is something that people often struggle with, especially leaders who um, kind of, well, okay. I have two thoughts actually. Number one, I don't know that people have done the work of learning about what vision really means before. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know kind of what you're going for or what it means and you can't see it before you see it, then it's really hard to approach that and almost impossible, if not impossible to get people on board with it. So, yeah. and then the other thing is we get confused about vision versus mission. Oh, yeah. Can you tell a little bit about that? 
<laughs> Absolutely. You know, and for the longest time, I didn't understand because we work in organizations where there's a vision statement or a mission statement in the handbook, but we never right. talk about it. Exactly. Right. And that is almost all of our experiences with vision and mission. But, you know, if I ask you, what do you do? A lot of people just tell me the category or the industry that they're in. I'm an educator. I, you know, work in fast food. I do this. I'm a plumber. I'm, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what you do. And so you got to get really tight on your purpose. And your purpose is higher than the industry, the category that you work in, so much higher. And so I, I first want to say, as an individual, before you step foot in whatever your J-O-B is, know your purpose. Like, why are you there? And then as an organization, see, here's the thing. Leaders, especially essential leaders, they're always growing. They're always learning. You know, I didn't have all these skill sets. Uh, I've learned them along the way and I still have so much more to learn. And so whenever it comes to vision, don't be scared of, I can't see it. I don't know what I'm seeing. All I can see is my daily fires that I'm putting out. That's okay. When right. it comes to vision, work with the people around you, like, because it's a collective vision. And yes. so work with them on the why behind the what. So don't, don't, don't have a category, have a reason. And I want to give an example. So Southwest, right? If you say, what is Southwest? You'd say, oh, they're in airline industry. No, that's the category. You know what their vision is? To connect people to important things. Like that's what they do. Mm -hmm. And so it's so much bigger, so much higher. And so like an English teacher, uh, I teach kids about grammar. No, you don't. I mean, that's one of the things that you do. That's kind of a what, but that's not why. What yeah. you do is you help people understand the impact of words on influencing an audience. That's what you yeah. do. That's your yeah. why. And so- you really got to get clear. The, the vision is where we're headed. We're going there. The mission is the why behind the what. Like, why do we want to go there? And so vision is where we're going. The, the mission is, well, why do I even want to go there in the first place? Yeah. You, you wouldn't put your family in a car with a ton of bags and say, let's go somewhere. <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> why are we going there? <laughs> yeah. Like, so just think of that. Think of the vision like a beacon of light, you know, like a lighthouse that you're always going to when storms come. And the mission is why you want to get to that lighthouse in the first place. Yeah. Which is so funny because you're pointing to an actual light behind you. There's like yes. a light bulb up there. So it's just perfect. <laughs> you're pointing directly at nice. that. Nice. That beacon of light. Um, okay. So I was kind of jotting down some things here because... It sounds like if I'm just going to paraphrase really quickly and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it's we're going from really um, molecular to broad and we have to start at the molecular level with ourselves and think about who am I? What is it that I do on a not just task level, but what is it that I do mm -hmm. for other people and for life? And then like, how do I show up for life? What do I contribute? Yes. And then we pull in others. Okay, now let's think about on a broader scale, what do we want for our organization? Like, why does our organization exist? Yes, absolutely. Okay. You know, um, I, I call this the five domains of impact. You know, if you really want to make an impact on this world, everything starts with the self. Uh, mm -hmm. Think of it like a fountain. Again, go into the visuals. You know, fountains, especially tiered fountains, they have a pump. And that's what shoots the water up to then cascade down. And the self is that pump. It is what shoots everything through you and out of you to then cascade into everything else you do. So the five domains of impact are self. How do I show up for work? I love that you said that. 
Then it spills into my relationships. How do I interact with other individuals? And then that spills into culture. How do we interact as a collective group? And that spills into your organization. Okay. And um, then it spills into the community. Well, all these organizations and all these relationships and all these other things, how's it building a community? And so it's got to start with the self. You've got to know why you show up every single day. Mm, mm, So good. Okay. Can you recap once more five domains? Absolutely. Five domains. I want you to picture a fountain. The pump that shoots the water up is yourself. And then it goes into the top tier, which is relationships. And then it goes into culture. And then it goes into an organization. And then it goes into the community. Self, relationships, culture, organization, community. Cascades out and down. Okay. So then let's talk about the struggles that you and I probably notice. Uh, Well, not just you and I, but lots of people notice this, even the people within an organization. We notice that a leader, and I'm kind of thinking, I mean, I know right now, probably what we're imagining when we say leader is someone with the position of, you know, a higher level, like administrator, superintendent, Mm -hmm. et cetera. But I just want to caution every our audience and and remind you that leadership is not a position, right? So mm-hmm. just remember, everyone leads someone. Yes. Now, with that said, the leader of an organization who's leading the whole organization, it's going to be important for them, obviously, to understand what their vision is and how to gain buy-in. But they lack vision sometimes. Like we notice that happening so often. So I want to talk a little bit about why we notice that vision is a struggle for some leaders and Mm -hmm. why it might not be obvious for the people that they're trying to lead if they do have a vision. Yeah. I think the reason people lack vision, it's fear. It's I want to assimilate into my role and I'm fighting a lot of my internal battle is a lot of fear, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot yeah. of, I, I don't know, I'm inside the box and I can't get out of my own way to mm-hmm. think about what could be done because I'm so scared that I'm not doing what is expected to be done. <laughs> yeah. And so you got to, leadership is such a selfless thing. You got to get out of your head. You know, mm-hmm. your mindset, how you think about things is totally going to affect your entire experience. So get out of your head with that. And talk to people. It's okay. Don't be scared to, you know, take a risk or even fail. You know, you can recover as long as you never hurt a child or or, or overspend a budget, right? Uh, safety of people and money. Don't mess with those two things. That will get you fired. But everything else is recoverable. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And I, I don't know that I've ever really thought about it that way, you know, but yeah, it's so true that you can recover from those other things. Um, and it's also interesting to think about how fear plays a role in in imposter syndrome and feeling like I can imagine a leader maybe even saying to themselves who like, number one, I don't even know what exactly my vision is for our school. And in that case, I would say, okay, then reach out to your people, like collaborate with your people. Let's see what your school is about or what you want it to be about. And then I can also see them thinking, who's really going to want to buy into this 
isn't our vision and mission statement just something that's plastered to a wall somewhere that nobody ever thinks about? So what mm-hmm. would you say to someone in that situation? Man, I would say start having those conversations, right? Uh, check your heart. Why did you get into this game in, in the beginning? And then get really convicted about that. Uh, and that that conviction, that personal conviction is going to help you overcome that internal fear that you have to start talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I opened up a high school. In, in Texas. And that felt like a blank canvas, but it, man, it was not. The pressure of the society, that community of what it should look like was heavy, heavy, heavy. Mm. And they wanted us to mimic the high school that we were splitting from. And you know, there's a lot of intimidation in that, but you have got to get, like I said, get out of your head, start talking to people, start dreaming. And so as we were you know, interviewing teachers and doing all this thing. We're like, what is your perfect school? I don't want you to put any kind of, you know, well, in reality, this won't ever really happen. No, tell me, what is your perfect school? Mm -hmm. If you got anything and everything that you ever wanted, what would your classroom look like? And as we're interviewing, our building still isn't open. We're like living in trailers, right? And so we're we're just gathering all this information from this people that were hiring. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that's a really good idea. Oh, that's a great idea too. <laughs> and yeah. so because there was no, uh, we, we let them out of the box. We let them say, give us your perfect school. And then we're like, let's go build that. And so, you know what our vision became out of educators equipped with skills empower with purpose to impact the community. That's where we're headed. Man, if we do our job, our future with these kids, they're going to be equipped with skills. They're going to be informed citizens and they know how to go out and get a job and keep a job to feed their family and make good decisions as citizens equipped with skills, empowered with purpose. They are going to find who they are when they come through us those four years. They are going to know that they are more than a grade point average. They're going to know that they are more than the status of whatever lunch table they sit at. They are going to find kind of what lights them up inside and then they're going to impact the community. And it's like, go out, be the change. Your life is not meant just for you. You are meant to make the world a better place than you found it. And so our vision, again, this is all from just talking to people that we were hiring, equipped with skills, empower with purpose to impact the community. That was our Mm. vision. When you leave us, that's what you're going to be able to do. Yeah. Okay. Now talk about how you cast that vision and allowed people to gain buy-in. What did that look like? (laughs) So it's all the strategy. Yeah. Buy-in is so important because again, you can start at level one, you know, position level leadership. John Maxwell would say level one is just the position, right? The title, it gives you the authority, but that's the lowest level. That's not where you want to stay. That's where you start. It's not where you want to stay. And so Whenever you're there, you got to say, this is where we're headed. But then you got to be able to communicate the message where people say, I want to get in that boat and I want to row there. And so that's buy-in. Think of buy-in like people getting in the boat and willing to row. All right. That's Mm -hmm. what buy-in looks like. We're going there. And so that's all I want you to think about. Vision is clarity of where we're headed. Buy-in is rowing in the boat to get there. So think about that. Let me summarize that again. Vision is clarity of where we're headed. Buy-in is everybody jumping in the boat to row the same direction, right? It's that unity, that collaboration. And so whenever it comes to buy-in, I I came up with an acronym just to help me. Because again, I was ticked off really at the lack of communication skills in in leadership. You know, Mm -hmm. think about all the meetings that you set in and you're just like, 
did you just call me to a meeting that should have been an email? Did you just have me sit through a meeting without an agenda that had no purpose? Did you just ask me a question, a big question where you didn't give me a pre-read or time to think about it and you want to answer in five seconds? What? (laughs) You're not getting buy-in from me if you do those things, right? Uh Right. And so I came up with this acronym and man, it helped me. It helped me in my leadership. So it's called Buy-In Rocks. So it's an acronym, Rocks, R-O-C-K-S, Rocks. And what Rocks stands for it's how you deliver your message, your vision to get buy-in. It's it's like your sales pitch of who wants in the boat? <laughs> That's what you're doing, yeah. right? So yeah. rocks, the R is relate it. The O is organize it. And I'll repeat these. The C is communicate it. The K is kiss it. Not literally, it's keep it simple, stupid. Kiss it. <laughs> and then the S is sustain it. So let me say that again. Buy-in rocks, R-O-C-K-S. Relate it, organize it, communicate it, kiss it, that's keep it simple, stupid, and then sustain it. So if if you would like, I would love to go through all of these to help you get buy-in. Yes, let's talk about them. I'm so excited. Pumped. Okay. I've got so yes. many notes. This is so exciting. <laughs> all right. So with Related, whenever you're speaking to an audience, this is what your English teacher taught you. You got to put yourself in the in the seat of the audience, right? You got to think about, relate it to something they already know or something they care about. Start there. Because when you're delivering a message, <clears throat> and you know, sometimes, let me be real, sometimes the goal is not your goal as a leader. It's a mandate. It's an initiative from district. So it better become your goal because you're expected Mm -hmm. to do it. And so you have this chasm. This is where we are. This is where we need to go. I got to get people to want to jump that gap, right? Row the boat. I got the one way to shrink that, that gap is to relate it to something they already know that they already care about. Because anything that you say to an audience ever is Mm -hmm. going to be, how does this affect me? It's all they care Mm -hmm. about. How does mm-hmm. this affect me? That's where you got to start. Start any message with how it affects them. And, you know, there's different ways to think about that. What background information do they already have? Just reflect. A lot of this work is done in your head. What do they already know? What are they thinking? Uh, what do they not know but need to know? Mm-hmm. How does this message affect them individually? And if you're at a school, you got departments, it's going to affect different grade levels differently, right? Get individual with that. And then I love this. This is from Anthony Trucks. What's their waffle concerning the message? Have you heard of Anthony Trucks and his waffle? Yes. It's a YouTube video. So just go to YouTube, look up Anthony Trucks waffles. He does a great job. Waffles is how to find, it's about growing an emotional intelligence to connect with your audience. And the waffle stands for what are their wants? What are their aspirations? What are their fears? What are their frustrations? What are their loves and what are their expectations? So get to know their waffle. Wants, aspirations, fears, frustrations, loves, and expectations. And I want to give you an example of this. Every school that gets a new principal goes through the same kind of waffle. (laughs) And there's a lot of angst and anxiety about that whole transition. And as a new leader stepping in, your first communication with those people, your first impression, ooh, you better knock it out of the park or you are going to be an uphill battle the rest of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So you're kind of casting like, this is who I am and this is you know, how we're going to work together. 
And so, you know, their waffles with the want is teachers, people just want to be seen, heard and valued. Mm-hmm. So what they want is, man, my last principal knew I was a good worker. I have to start all over, man, to prove that I'm a good worker to you because yeah. you don't know who I am. So my one is I want to be seen, heard and valued. My aspiration, this is going to be so situational. The aspiration of the teacher close to retirement is, oh, let me just coast to retirement. I only got three years left. He's going to bring in, he's going to come and bring a bunch of new stuff. I just want to coast. That's their aspiration. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but new teachers who are just hired under you, like you're their go-to. They just want to please you, right? That Their aspiration is to please you. Um, fear. You are coming in with a reputation. They're going to do their investigative work. They're going to stalk you on social media to find everything else about you, to learn all those stories. And their fear is, is the reputation true? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then their frustration is a new boss. He's going to come in, bring all these new ideas. Here we go again, changing different things. Uh, The devil I know versus the devil I don't. I'm just frustrated that I have to do something new. You're going to add work to my plate. Right. Mm-hmm. And y'all, I worked at a junior high for six years and I had five principals. No lie. I was an instructional coach at the time. Five principals in six years. By oh the end God. of it, we felt like we had been through war. We locked arms and we're like, this is our school. It doesn't matter who the principal is. Yeah. 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 Which you would have to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and the last one, love, you know, they, they love comfort. People don't like change. Mm-hmm. So you got to be really aware of that. So that's just an example of how you relate the message to where they're at. Depending on what the message is, relate it to what they know, because their number one question, how does this affect me? Yeah. So that's the R, relate it. Love it. Okay. All right. Y'all ready to move on to the organize it? I'm so excited. Guys, if you're here with us, give us a thumbs up, give us some emoji reactions and let us know you are ready for the next one. Go. So organize it. So this is all about the details. It's about answering the why question, the how question, and the what question. And so why does this matter? How does it tie back to the bigger picture? And what are you going to have to do in response? (laughs) Right? So you're answering, you're anticipating they're going to have those questions. You're answering them in your message. You're organizing it in a way, in a story way where they can get it. They can understand it. And so you're going to answer again, why it matters, like how it ties back to the bigger picture, to our vision or whatever it is, or maybe you're telling what the vision, why it matters. You're going to talk about uh, how it ties back and then what the audience has to do in response. And so one of the things I want you to think about in organizing your message, your vision is come up with a mantra. Like there's a reason I still sing jingles from commercials from the eighties and nineties. They were catchy. (laughs) Yeah. Plug it in, plug it in. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I followed it. I can't get up. Yeah. So yeah. there's a reason those things stick. You got to make it like stickable, make it catchy, make come up with a mantra. If you're not creative, guaranteed somebody on your team is, but it simplifies your message and it can later be used as a battle cry. And so one, it'll help them remember what you're saying. And two, later on, when storms come, remember storms are always going to come. It's a battle cry. No, we're still going here, you know, and then you say the mantra. Um, So, but it really helps simplify the message. And so let me give you some examples. These are mantras that I've used. I've used a a bunch of them because this is just something I do, but um, our vision, right? Equip with skills and power with purpose to impact the community. I bet you all the teachers that I worked with could say that in their sleep. (laughs) 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, another one, whenever the pandemic hit and anxiety was through the roof, rocks over sand, baby, rocks over sand. We're going to worry about what's most important. We're not going to worry about all the little things that keep changing daily. In the pandemic, I also use this one. You are the coach. Stay within the boundaries. And for this one, I had a visual, which I'll talk about the power of a visual in just a minute, but I had a football uh, field visual. And then I had a coach, I had players, I had the refs, and then I had cheerleaders. And I'm like, listen, with this dead gum pandemic, things are changing daily. I mean, mm -hmm. daily, what the expectations yeah. were. And our teachers in Texas had to do the dual platform. They had to teach online and in person. They had to do both. That's asking a lot. Right. And so I was like, here's the way we're going to handle this is you're on the football field. We're playing in the NFL and you're the coach. You get to make the call, but you have to respect the boundaries, the boundaries of attendance, the boundaries of posting online, respect the boundaries of the field, but you're the coach and you call the plays. If you, you know, if we have to throw a flag, call a foul, we're going to have a private conversation with you. So the refs were the administration. And the counselors were the cheerleaders, 100% there to lift you up, encourage you, go talk to them, all of those things. But that visual, you are the coach, stay within the boundaries. And they would tell mm -hmm. themselves when things were just chaotic, I am the coach. I mean, I could literally see teachers, I am the coach. <laughs> you have power and authority to make a play, you know, call the play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So those are mantras that you can come up with and just repeat them over and over and over again. And they're still going to remember it to help. Uh, buy into that vision. So organize it in a great way. Yeah. Now, okay. So we've talked to, yeah, we've talked about related. We've wanna, talked about organize it. Yeah. I want to make a note guys, just keep in mind. I think I said this in my last episode too, but these things take practice and intentional practice. Mm -hmm. So as Bethany's going through all of these and let me just be the first to say phenomenal information that we're getting tonight. Like this is so good and so needed and so relevant for any leader. But my encouragement to you, audience, is to choose just one thing, hold on to it and practice it, then come back to this episode, then come back to this episode and again and again and again. Okay, I think Absolutely. we're ready for the next one. All right. And let me throw in out there. I have a, a free guide. It's yours. It's available. If you go to leadershiptherocks.com. And so it's just leadershipontherocks.com slash buy-in. And there's no hyphen in buy-in. So B-U-Y-I-N. So leadershipontherocks.com slash buy-in. You get this for free, this guide for free. And, and you are so right. Do one thing. You know, don't worry about, do not create a massive to-do list in your head. Choose one thing and try it. Take that that risky step of just stepping out there and trying it and then going back and trying it with another thing and another thing. I mean, do you think I had this figured out whenever I was stepping into administration? Yeah. You know what I did learn is after the one time I the first time I gave up, you know, a presentation about here's what we're going to do. And everybody had a million questions afterwards and all the anxiety was up. I was like, ooh, I don't want to <laughs> go through that again. Like, how can I answer all their questions in the beginning so I don't have to do that again? Yeah. All of this is learned the hard way. That is my gift to society is I will go first and learn things the hard way. <laughs> right. I love it. Yeah. All right. So relate it, organize it. Now we're on communicate it. You have got to be an excellent communicator as a leader. You just have to learn that skill set. And it's okay that you don't start as an excellent communicator. That's the first skill I would say get good at is yeah. because communication is going to help you with relationships, period. Um, and 
with communication, there's there's some great, great books out there. There's Better Conversations by uh, Jim Knight, who's like instructional coach guru. There is Crucial Conversations by Patterson and Graney. They also have Crucial Accountability if you are having those accountability conversations with people. So there's tons of resources out there to help you grow in communication skills. But, um, you know, in our communication, we, we we offend people a lot with the way that we speak. And there's four reasons. And you don't have to remember this. This is just an FYI. And it's also great marriage advice. Okay. All right. The reason communication goes south is we're selfish. We focus on ourselves and what we want to say. I'm not even listening to your response because I'm thinking about what I want to tell you back. We're selfish. Mm -hmm. Two, mm -hmm. unspoken expectations. Ladies, your husbands can't read your mind. Men, your wives think that you're thinking a million different things when you're probably sitting in your nothing box, not thinking anything. So <laughs> unspoken expectations. <laughs> yeah. That's huge. You know, well, they should know that. Did you tell them? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Let's think about that. So selfishness, unspoken expectations. Another one is format. Again, free marriage advice or dating advice, really. Don't have big conversations via text. Like pick the right format for having the conversation. A huge yes. offender in the classroom is getting onto a child in public. No, private, mm -hmm. private correction always, right? So the format in which you choose. And the other one is storytelling of just filling in the gaps and letting our brains spiral out of control with, well, what are they saying? What are the, you know, uh, I can't believe that they think that about me. All these assumptions that we make that are probably not true that we tell ourselves yeah. and we act on them as though they're true. Yeah. We want to avoid all that. So let me tell you how to communicate your message. All right. You want to check your ego. Whenever you mm -hmm. step up, remember, you're relating it to them. It's all about the audience. It's not about you. So check your ego. I cannot emphasize this enough. Clarity. When we get nervous, we ramble. We say yeah. all this extra information and it waters it down. I want you to focus on the puzzle box picture. Like, what do they need to see? <laughs> Clarity. Everybody walks in that room with a different, you know, need of prescription. And you need to be able to say, here, here are some glasses so you can see properly what I'm doing. Hmm. The best way to be clear is think of a story arc. You know, here's the building up, the why, and then here's, you know, the the how it's connected to the bigger picture, and here's what's expected of you. Like there's a beautiful story arc. Storyboard that sucker. Mm -hmm. Think about any um any children's story, they're short, they're simple, and it gives us a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. So provide a storyboard of whatever it is you're communicating. And, you know, whenever you're, whether you're doing a presentation, sending an email, having a conversation, make sure it has that story arc, that storyboard where you're highlighting the main points. Now, here's the difference in people. When you're talking to an audience, right, we all have different needs of prescription. Some people just need the big picture and they're, those are your early adopters. Early adopters just need a big picture and I'm in, let's go. Uh, some people like, eh, I need a little bit more structure. Give me, give me some bullet points. Let me see like the skeleton of this and then I'll buy in. And so you provide those bullet points, those, those highlights, and then they're in. And then mm -hmm. your people that hold out, they're like, hmm, I need more. I need all the information and then I'm going to truly assess it. And so you've got to provide a learn more section. And the best way to do this is if I am giving a presentation, I'm only going to stick to the story in one visual. Here's the story. I'm going to give you a beginning, middle, and end. But I'm going to send you an email with a recap because mm -hmm. I know that you're going to need, again, like the headline, 
you're going to need the the main bullet points. And then for those who need a learn more section, I'm going to attach something. <laughs> I'm going to attach a presentation, the process, the procedure, the whatever it is, right? And that yeah. meets my audience's needs. I am providing accommodations. I love right? it. Yeah. What we ask our teachers to do. That's right. Yeah. And why wouldn't we do that as leaders, right? Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so really you want to, you know, check your ego, provide clarity. Now choose the right channel. Some messages need to be a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Some need to be, Ooh, I need you all in the same room hearing the same message. Some yeah. need to be department. Some can be an email, right? Mm -hmm. It depends on the message that you're delivering. If you're casting vision, you need eyeballs. Mm -hmm. You've got to connect with people. You need those eyeballs. So pick the right channel. Um, and I can tell you, if one person keeps breaking a rule, an absolute wrong channel, think about walkie talkies. If you're on the wrong channel, it's not coming through. Pick the right channel. But everybody knows you're talking about the one person. Why in the world are you emailing everybody? Yeah. <laughs> one -on -one conversation. Right. Yeah. It's the most frustrating thing ever. It is. <laughs> ever. Talk yeah. about and teachers, killer. if I had to like really generalize, and I hate to do this because I love diversity, but if I had to generalize teachers, man, they have good hearts and they want to please. They do. They want to do a good job. And when you send that email, uh, make sure that you blah, 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 blah. <gasps> Did I not do that? Like, right. oh my, the, like the stress and the level of anxiety, don't do that to your teachers. Again, mm -hmm. know their waffles. Like, don't do mm -hmm. that. Go have that conversation. Yeah. The last part of communicate it. So, you know, we've talked about check your ego. It's about them, not about you. Provide clarity. Give them the glasses everybody can see. Choose the right channel. The last one is converse. There is nothing worse than a leader getting up and providing one-way communication and being like, I'm out. People need to know that they are seen, heard, and valued, and there is going to be a way for two-way two communication. If you're casting vision, one of the best ways to do that is you got everybody in the same room, you've done the storyboard, the, the arc, the, you've you know explained everything to them as far as the big picture, and you've asked them for buy-in, you've asked them to get on board with this. But then, man, if you break out and have smaller sections like by team or by department or by grade level, and spend small group time with them, ooh, your buy-in rate through the roof, mm. right? Because you're allowing conversation now. You can't have a conversation mm -hmm. in a big group, but you can have right. it in a small group. Right. And so that is like the best thing because leaders that refuse, this is an Andy Stanley quote, and I'm going to read this so I don't get it wrong, so let me find it. Okay, Andy Stanley, who is just a great speaker and pastor, he says, leaders who refuse to listen will eventually be surrounded by people who have nothing significant to say. Mm -hmm. Always make a way for people to have conversation and converse. So do that. Yes. So, all right, that is communicate it. I know that was yeah. a lot in communication, but it's it's like the middle of it. It's the most important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, okay, so we're ready we're to get ready. on to kiss it. Okay. Yeah. Kiss it is keep it simple, stupid. And it goes back exactly to what you said earlier. Have a visual. Mm. A visual, think about the power of the anchor chart in the classroom, right? When you have an anchor chart and you use it, people have anchor charts they don't use, but when you use it, when you take that down for the test, guess what kids are doing? They're still looking at where that anchor chart was and they can see it. Yeah. And so when you're communicating, it takes people eight times. This is from Donald Miller. It takes people eight times of hearing something before they hear it, understand it, and can apply it. Eight 
And so you need to, you know, keep repeating that, but you need to have that visual because that helps sink it in. So you've got the mantra. We talked about the mantra, have that visual. So kiss it is really simple. Just create a one, one little graphic to help them with the mantra. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually kind of reminds me of not kind of, it does remind me of Andy Stanley's uh, making vision stick. And he says, Mm. repeat it regularly. And that's part of it. We can repeat it in multiple different channels or multiple different formats, you know, um, and the visual is one of those. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that point leads us to the, to the next one. You got to sustain it, right? Sustain Mm -hmm. it means to repeat it, refine it, and, and just keep going with it. So to sustain something, you've got to repeat it a lot and watch the results. Are people getting it? Refine it if not, but keep yeah. repeating it. And here's the thing leaders have to understand. You're in rooms where you're talking about this all the time. So let's say you have conversations and you're getting it like 20 times. And then you want your department chairs or your grade level teams to talk about it, but they talk about it less than you do. So maybe they talk about it amongst each other 10 times. Well, by the time it gets all the way down to the majority of your staff, they maybe heard it twice. Mm-hmm. And so you're probably going to get sick of it. You're like, man, I talk about this all the time. You do, but it's yeah. not getting filtered through your organization. So repeat it again. It takes eight times of hearing something for me to actually hear it, understand it, and then be able to apply it. So yeah. repeat, 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 sustain that message. And that, yeah. my friends, yeah. is how you get buy-in. I know it sounds complicated, but so much of that work is in your head of just mm-hmm. thinking about it. How yeah. can I relate it to my audience? How can I just organize it so it's an easy story to understand? How can I communicate it in the right channel, the right way? How can I simplify it with a visual? And then how can I just repeat it over and over again? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. Five questions that you're really asking. Five questions that you're really asking yourself to gain buy-in. I love it so, so much. Um, so tell tell us anything else that's coming to mind for you before we start to wrap up this episode. And guys, if you are here with us tonight, I would love for you to put it in the comments. What was most useful for you here tonight? So much great information, but what's just one thing that you felt like was most useful for you? And Bethany, tell us Anything that you want to add to this conversation that you just feel like you can't go without saying? Well, let me summarize, because the last thing I want you to hear my lips say is vision is about providing clarity of where we're headed. Getting buy-in is getting people in the boat to row there. That's as simple as I can make this message. And it's so important because Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just chaos, man. You got everybody going different places. (laughs) Yep. So, um, you know, I do want to encourage you, though, again, exactly what you said earlier. Don't focus on perfection. Focus on progress. Pick one thing. This is what whenever I was an instructional coach, I would always ask this question. If you chose just one thing that would make the biggest impact in your classroom today, what would that one thing be? If this got better, man, my my whole lesson would be better. Most of the time it's classroom management, but, (laughs) you know, and so I ask you that question, no matter what you're dealing with, whether you're in the classroom or in a leadership role, uh, well, in the classroom, you are a leader uh, with everything that you're doing, but ask, what's the one thing? Now I'm thinking of city slickers. (laughs) What's the one thing? (laughs) That's a movie. Uh, What's the one thing that's going to make it better? That's where you start. That's where you start, right? Because 
I love what you said earlier. Everybody's a leader. Everybody mm-hmm. sits at a table of position and influence. Mm-hmm. Everybody. So find yeah. out where that is, choose the one thing, and then where are we headed? And then how can I get buy-in so everybody's rowing with unity in the same direction? Yeah. Such good information. I so appreciate you being here tonight. This has been awesome. Um, I know our audience has gotten lots of great information, and I want to be sure, audience, you know that there is a freebie for you. So if you go to leadershipontherocks.com slash buy-in with no dash, correct? Yes, correct. Um, you should get a freebie from Bethany that details some of these things. Now, just so you guys know, if you haven't gone to the link and you're wondering where you might find it, it's going to be in the show notes here on YouTube and on Spotify um, or wherever you access your podcast is going to be in the show notes. So don't worry if you can't find it, it's going to be in the show notes along with more information about Bethany and where you can find her. So Bethany, just tell us where can people locate you outside of this episode? Awesome. So my website is leadershipontherocks.com. I have lots of things there, lots of more freebies, by the way. But on social media, I'm at Leadership on the Rocks. So I love it. It's it's my name. It's where what I go by. So that's where you can find me. That's awesome. Okay. So guys, we're going to come to a close and I want you to know I've got another episode coming up Sunday evening, but very related to this episode tonight, I'm going to be doing an episode in the upcoming couple of weeks about vision tours and going on vision tours. So it will tie in perfectly with what we have learned about here tonight. So be sure to come back for that. Okay, Bethany, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, everybody. Hey, guys, I want to give a huge shout out to you for tuning into today's Change Catalyst conversation. I would love for you to do me two solid favors. Number one, if you have enjoyed this or any other Change Catalyst conversation, do me a favor and hit subscribe. I've got a lot of great content and guests coming up, and I don't want you to miss any of it. Number two, if you are thinking of a friend or colleague who could benefit from this show, share it with them. The only way to make change happen is through a multiplier effect. And you can be a multiplier by sharing this show. Until next time, I want you to go off and do the great things that Change Catalysts do. 